Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Denise Moore. So, are you ready? Yeah. Ready. Right. Uh, the children at J247, when we say to them, are you ready? They say, yeah, we were born ready. So, are you ready? Yeah. We were born ready. <laughs> That's great. Um, recently, the churches in Scarborough, they, they met in unity and they put on a weekend that was uh, about the Lord's Prayer. And J247 upstairs, they're uh, actually looking at this topic as well over the next few weeks. Um, but today, I want to focus on the last part of the Lord's Prayer, uh, for the kingdom come, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours. And so I, I particularly want to look at the kingdom and the power, and what that means to us in Scarborough and beyond right now. And um, as we were worshipping today, I thought, well, I can't just talk about the power, I, I just um, want to invite the Lord to demonstrate his power this morning and uh, I don't actually need to invite him because he's here already and he can do that at any point Um, but I really think if if you came in here today with any sort of sickness or any sort of problem I just want you to check it out and and if you think that God's been working on that this morning as you've been worshipping I just want you to raise your hands Um, And as I was praying, I I actually felt uh, some pressure in my head and some some heat in my head, as if somebody maybe come in with a a headache and and that God was was moving that and he was making that headache go away. I don't know if it's you, but again, if it's you, put your hand up. Uh, And I also felt um, a, a pain in my knee that got hot. Now, I know it's not my knee because I had a new knee about two years ago uh, because God does work through our medical profession. It's not second-rate healing. Uh, So I know it's not me, but if you um, have felt that you've got something with your knees, great. Okay, well, I'm praying that God doesn't do things in half measures, Emma. (laughs) He's going to do things fully because by the time you leave here, we'll pray that that knee is completely better. Amen. Uh, And today, as I'm talking, because I don't want it just to be about the preaching and the teaching that I'm doing today, I want God to be able to demonstrate things. So if he is moving, put your hand up. You don't have to talk or say anything, because I'll give you the opportunity to come to the front later if you want to, or to tell the person that's next to you. But I really do want to see what he's doing, so so just put your hand up. I'll just nod to you, or put my thumb up, or something like that. Um, But let's not um, take God's power away from what I'm speaking about today. Um, It it could even be a shift in your thinking. You know, if you came here feeling guilty about something, then actually it might be that God's saying to you, hey, you don't have to feel guilty anymore. I'm taking that away from you. Or if you you came and you've got some sort of shame, then actually there could be a change in your thinking that you don't have to carry that anymore because of what God's done and Jesus has done on the cross. And that's emotional healing. So again, just put your hand up uh, if you feel like that. Um, so back to J24-7. Um, they've been looking at various aspects of the kingdom. And we've looked at lots of statements that Jesus and the Apostle Paul has made. And Paul made it very clear that the kingdom of God um, was not about talk. It's about power, and it says that in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20. Uh, But I want to look at some scripture now together, and uh, if you could just put the first 
slide up on there, I want to talk to you um, about Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 18 to 21. Um, I want you to look at the scripture because actually the words in the scripture are far better words than ever I can put to you. So let's let, let's let them do the work for us today. So... I also pray for your heart to be filled with light that you will see for yourself and know in your experience the hope to which he has called you, the purpose that he wants to see fulfilled in your life. What is this hope? That his saints, all those who belong to him, will enjoy the riches of a glorious inheritance and that they may also know his power working in them because they believe in him. A power so great that it cannot be compared with any other power. You have an example of this power, of exactly how mighty it is in the resurrection of Christ. Yes, the power that raised him from the dead and caused him to be seated in heaven as his father's right hand is that same power which is within you now. As a result of this power, Jesus is now reigning far above every other ruler, authority, power, and dominion. He is greater than anyone else could ever be, not only in this present age, but also in the future age that he will inaugurate. Amen. Amen. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours forever and ever. Amen. So the promise of God is that the kingdom on earth that he is establishing is a kingdom of power for those who believe. The declaration of the good news and the work of Jesus on the cross is always accompanied by power. And that that power brings people to salvation as we go out into the world and we bring people into the kingdom. Now, yes, we do want to see people turn to Jesus, but more than that, we want to see the power of God working in our lives and their lives, don't we? Yeah. So, so let's uh, consider why. Um, I've got another visual up here. Let's go to Daniel 7, 9 to 10. So as I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, And the hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were open. You see, there's no impurity in him at all. And I want to draw out the connection between power and purity a little bit later on. But here, his white hair, if you just go back a slide, if you can do that, thank you. Um, His hair, his white hair, that represents wisdom. 
uh, quite often in prophetic literature, which is what Daniel is, uh, we often see things that represent other things. And his white hair represents the wisdom that comes from a great age. He existed before the beginning of time, and you can see here his throne. His throne is a chariot with wheels set on fire. And that indicates that he is a fearful destroyer of enemies. He's a warrior god. And he judges right from wrong, and he has the purity to choose right, and he has the power to enforce judgment. And did you notice that from his throne, that last sentence there, there is a river of fire. It's a river of fire. It's not a river of water. So why do you think that could be? Well, it's because in this life, we're given the opportunity to come and drink from him and to find satisfaction in him. But one day, that chance will be gone. And the fire represents judgment. One day, we'll all be brought before the king. And one day, all all of our deeds will be sorted out before him because he is the only one with the absolute right to judge right to wrong because he is the king. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go to the back of the Bible now, which is uh, Revelation uh, 19, and that's verses 11 to 16. I love this passage. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose name, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many diadems. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on a white horse and dressed in white, fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword to which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So let's just unpack it, if you wouldn't mind just going to the first one again. Where? Yep. And the next one for me. Yeah, it says on his head there are many diadems. These are very beautiful crowns. And when we're reading literature, this is like very representational. So everything the prophets say when they see these things uh, are being represented to us. So things that uh, he wears or he, he appears, they're, they're representational. So his crowns, the diadems, the crowns, there are many, many crowns. And they represent the honours, the many victories that he has won. His cloak is dipped in blood, and that's a mark of sacrifice. That's the thing that he did to set us free. 
and his name is the Word of God. He is the very representation of God himself. To put it into words, he is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. And if you go to the next slide, it says, Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword. The mouth is a sharp sword to strike the nations. And this represents the words that he's spoken in the Bible. And it's with these words that one day the nations and us will be held to to account. Did you do what I asked you to do? Did you love the unlovely? Did you clothe the naked? Did you forgive the people who have hurt you? Did you do and put into action the things I asked you to do? Did you tell people about me? This isn't about making you feel condemned or ashamed. It's just an opportunity to receive God's conviction to act on his word. Because this time he uses a rod of iron. Now usually we speak of the shepherd's staff that he carries because he is the good shepherd. But this time it's a rod of iron. It's judgment mode. It will change. And now we have the opportunity to come to him as the good shepherd who cares and loves for us. But one day that chance will be gone and it will turn to a rod of iron. Did you do what I asked you to do? Did you love the unlovely? Did you clothe the naked? Did you forgive the people who have hurt you? Did you do and put into actions the things I've asked you to do? Did you tell people about me? Gemma, she preached last week and she said that we don't have time to pack because we need to get on and we need to address these areas. It is serious. We need to do that. And at the end here, it says the title that he has been given is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So in Greek, that's Basilios Basilon Curius Curion. It means king, sovereign over, the ruler, the very foundation of everything. The absolute right to rule is his and above everything else. Absolute ownership rights. When you say yes to Jesus, you belong to him. It's a big step to take, but it's the best step to take. If you, take, if you call somebody Lord, then they, they, do, they are your owner. And our king is the king of kings. And he has the victory. Now, we go out with this knowledge, and we should have the expectation that we're his people, and the power and the authority have been giving to us, but sometimes it might feel like it's not really working. Why don't we see incredible miracles breaking out all all over the place? Why don't we? Because we should. That should be our expectations, but we don't always. Um, Well, I I just had three thoughts, um, really, three aspects of that as I was writing this and as I was listening to God. I'm sure there are very, very many more, but I just want to consider these three today. Um, So the first one is, uh, if you could just put it on the slide for me, um, that I believe that power can be quenched by difficult circumstances. 
You see, we often face situations in life that are hard. It might be that we've lost a job, or it might be that our marriage is really difficult at the moment, or that we've got problems with the children or getting them into university. And harsh storms come, and we can sometimes feel really overwhelmed and really quite desperate. You know, somebody's pain when somebody they love dies, or the shock and the fear that somebody's had um, something from the doctor to say that they've got an incurable illness. There's things that we see on the news are atrocities that we just can't even begin to imagine. And these kinds of things make it really hard for us to stand firm, and they give us, they give us doubts and they give us fears. And in the flesh, that's really real. And people do go through these times of tough circumstances. But the truth is that there isn't any situation or problem that's too big for our God. And you could be sitting here today and you've got a big question mark over who God is. But you know that won't change him because he is what the word says he is. He's unchanging, unending, permanent and enduring. But how can we help ourselves and how can we stand alongside somebody who else is carrying these things? You see, there are problems and situations that are just too big for us to understand. You know, we can't comprehend why some things happen. I mean, as a church at the moment, we're, we're grieving for our dear friend Nigel. But Nigel left us with a legacy of hope. He was a teacher and a friend, and he always preached the gospel. Always preached the gospel. And so in his honour... And in God's honour, I want to say that we need to fully know and be grounded in what Jesus has done for us. We need to have that firm knowledge in our hearts that he took everything on the cross. That he took our problems and our sickness and despair and everything. And we need to really understand that he died for us so that we could be reunited with our Father. And we need to remember that he rose again because he proved that nothing could hold him. There is no power of Satan or power of death because we will meet again. And there is no circumstance that he can't be trusted with. But we're human and we're in the flesh. And he experienced that too because he came down as a human. He cried. It's okay to cry. We have the permission. That's okay. But we have to remember that although we're in this world, we're not of this world. But we need to be sensitive to each other and the pain that people are going through, whether it's big or whether it's small. And sometimes people have said to me, I just don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. And the only thing that I can say to you is, look, look at what God has given you in your abilities. If you're good at cooking, bake somebody you think needs it a cake. You know, if your gift is hospitality, if you know somebody is hurting, ask them around for a meal or go for a picnic with them. You know, if God has given you the favour of finance, then put some money in an envelope of somebody you think is struggling and put it through their door. You don't have to say it's from you. But use the gifts and the things God has given you to help other people. But changes, they, they don't always happen overnight. And God can do us suddenly, but he also does things slowly. 
But whatever, he is committed to doing and staying with us in that journey, in that circumstance, until it's actually completely turned around. But what he needs is people that commit to the process, that commit to that journey with him. You see, I've seen too many prophecies that have not been fulfilled. And I've seen too many promises that have been abandoned. And I've seen too many projects that get started, but they get unfinished. You know, sometimes we go into something and we've got loads of excitement. But, you know, if our understanding of God is limited and we don't find a deeper revelation of who he is and what he can transform, then our excitement sometimes can fade. And when disbelief or fear shouts, then we can be tempted to reduce what we said that we would do. We reduce our commitment. And sometimes we can downsize on the projects that he's given us. Or we can doubt our possibilities. And actually, sometimes we even want to jump out of the boat, don't we? Yeah? But what I can say to you today is don't settle for less than what God can do for you. Because he bypasses reason. And his ways don't always line up with what our plans are. But God's more than a little bit of help. He's all the help that we need. And he's not little Jesus that he can pull out of your pocket and say, hey, I need you today because I need a prayer or I need a prayer answering. It's time for us to fully understand that there's nothing that God cannot change. So I want to take us on to the second point now. And that is that I considered that Power and holiness seem to go together. So we're going to have a look at Acts 5, verses 1 to 11 now. It's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Now, in the days of the early church, um, what they did is they got together, they pooled their money together in order to be able to grow the church. And so they all made a commitment, basically, that they would all help each other. So, with his wife's foreknowledge, Ananias kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias... How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept some for yourself, some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you do such a thing? You've not just lied to human beings, but you've lied to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. A great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said. That is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. 
At that moment, she fell down dead at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. You see, what they do basically is that they lie to the apostles about the money that they have. They're secretly keeping some for themselves and giving some to the church. And Peter, when he's standing, and when Ananias is standing before Peter and tells him that lie, um, Peter knows, and he can't have had any other way of knowing but a word from God. It's got to have been a, a word from the Holy Spirit. A word from the Holy Spirit that what Ananias and Sapphira were saying was not true. And the climate was such in those early days when the, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit had come into the church and it had fallen on, the, on these new believers. The church was expanding and everybody was realizing that holiness and power were together. So this kind of links to the passage that I talked about in Daniel. God's power was moving amongst them. And it made everybody realize, hey, we need to be holy because we're God's people. And this is kind of one of these instances where we see somebody who chooses not the way of holiness. They choose a selfish action. And God's power is so manifest in that place that Ananias and Sapphira, they, when she comes and says the same lie, they both fall down dead under the power of the Holy Spirit. The holiness is just so thick in that environment. Now, it is an unusual circumstance, and we don't see that again. But don't think, oh, God can strike me down at any time. (laughs) It's not a message for that, because I do believe that God has paid the price. He's paid for the wrath, for his wrath. Jesus did that on the cross for us all. Um, But what we see in this moment in the early church is that the holiness of God was so apparent that if you broke that, God's power would break out against them. And that was a demonstration of God's power was at work here. He doesn't tolerate those who lie to the Holy Spirit. And so I do believe that power goes together with holiness. And so my question to you today is, well, what areas of your life do you need to clean up? How do you need to get back into the right place with God? So I just want to go on to the third point now. As I was doing this, I just felt that power seemed to be related or released by relationship and faith. And I took a passage that we all know actually really well here in Kingdom Faith Yorkshire, and that's from Romans 1, verse 16. So we're coming to land now, everybody. Um, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for everybody that believes. So say power. Power. Oh, you are still listening. Say power. 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 Say believe. Believe. Thank you. So God does require something of us to connect to his power. He is faithful to us, but he needs a connection from you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. Of God for the salvation for everyone who believes. Thanks, Jane. 
So in other words, everyone in this room, it's available for all people. But the power part of it is not for everyone, what you think or what you feel. It's for believing people. We can't think our way into the power of God. We can't feel our way into the power of God. God's power doesn't come into your life without faith, without believing. And we can't believe in something we haven't heard, which is why it starts as the good news, that Jesus Christ died for us and he rose again to give us eternal life. When sin entered and sought to stop every broken life being restored and every lost soul being found, the enemy came in and he sought to steal and kill and destroy whatever God had come in to heal, find and restore. But God's power came in the form of his son. And no death or curse of the enemy can hold back God's power, which is transformational. The cross of Jesus Christ became that turning point for all humanity to receive a saviour. And Jesus took everything. He took all the bondage and sin. And he paid the price to to turn it round. And he had to experience death in order to give life and to give freedom to us. And God gave us that gift of a saviour who would dwell in us in all our lives. He took the lost eternity so that we could come and be with him forever. And we're the custodians of that power. That power is in us. We're commissioned to go out and work with him and to turn the world around. We've got to take out the darkness and we've got to bring in light. And we've got to find those people abound and we've got to show them where they can find freedom. We've been given the authority to transform injustice into justice and we can... Find people and give them hope out of hopelessness. But I do know that often we allow our doubts and uh, they can sometimes question that power and they can let fear in and they can box in that freedom. And we can't allow, we can't allow circumstances to compromise what Jesus paid that high price for. You know, we've got to wake up our hearts and we've got to wake up our faith. And bring that together so that we can look at the places that God's positioned us in. You know, when um, our daughter, uh, Sarah, and our son-in-law, they've been trying for a baby uh, for a number of years. And it seemed like all hope had gone. And I kind of got to the stage where I didn't really believe that I was ever going to be a grandma or a nanny or whatever it is. Um, So, when I got to that realisation, I had to change my thoughts, um, because I had to start acting as if I believed that God could produce that miracle. You see, in my disappointment, I'd closed down every avenue that God could use to bring that miracle into place. So I had to start acting in accordance with what my future was going to be, not my present. I had to step out and think, where do I want to be? Because that's where I am now, and I want that miracle, Father. I had to step out and think about where God wanted me, and praise God I'm going to be a grandma or whatever in September. (laughs) Praise God. Um, Sometimes he asks you to do things as well that don't seem any sense to what you're doing now or any sense to where he might be sending us. Um, Have you ever 
felt that God's asked you to do something that really doesn't make much sense to you. I mean, when you perhaps you're really short of money and you hear that little voice in your head saying, you need to put everything you've got in your purse into the offering today. Yeah, you've had that. Have you ever had it where you're feeling like you really are burned out and God will send somebody that you need to care for? Yeah? Or sometimes it might be that you're so like full of everything at work or in your tasks at church and God will give you a new task and you think, how am I going to do that? Yeah, well he sometimes does that. And it can seem that his timing can be the wrong timing or not what you expect. And sometimes we can misunderstand or even reject what we hear from God. But we have to keep going back to the gospel, the good news. We have to keep going back to remembering that the power of God is for everyone who believes. It's not just for everyone. Don't miss out on those little words that can change your life. Don't be a Christian who sits here and hears everything because you'll miss out on the power of God in your life. To believe means to to trust and to act on God's word. And it, it doesn't mean just to agree with it. You won't see the power of God in agreement, just assenting to something mentally. You have to say, yes, I agree, I accept, I believe that's true. And believing means I trust in what God is saying in this scripture and I'm acting like it's true. And this act of faith and this step of faith is the power of God. So we need the faith to be sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So if there is something powerless about your Christian life today, it might be this little word, believe. It might just come down to that one word. Because the gospel is, a, is the power of God for everyone who believes. We need to live out of faith. When you believe in your heart, sorry I did it again, and you trust Jesus, your heart's no longer filled with me. When today I proclaim Jesus is my Lord, that's action. I've got another person who is living in my heart. And when you do that and you confess, that's action. The Bible requires action. If anybody's here today and they want to say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you and I want to follow you and I want to follow you under your kingship, then again, just raise your hand. Let's see what God is doing. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth and unto salvation the power of God to take you away from the darkness and bring you into the light. And go to live with God eternally. Belief is not just an acceptance of the, of the truth. It's a doing word. Do you know, I want to see my family and my, and my friends saved. These are my expectations. My faith needs to rise up and I need to realize and receive promises of God through faith by stepping into promises that he's got for us. Promises that he's given this church. You know, we need to see the possibilities in the things that God can turn around and he can create. In all of those places, places where there's potential, places where we need to give answers where everybody else just sees a big problem. Because there's so much more for your life to hold. There's so many breakthroughs, so many breakthroughs to play your part in. We need a greater revelation of who we are and who we belong to. Yeah? And in, and in that understanding, we can grow to a greater confidence of what he's called us to do. You know, you have 
authority in Christ and already have the power of God living in you. Amen. I'm desperate to see that God will do even more amazing things in this church and beyond. I want to see him grow back limbs. I want to see him raise the dead. I want autoimmune to go off the face of the earth. And I want cancer to be removed from the face of the earth. He's the one who has all the power and authority. And he spoke life into being and he gave that to us. I want us to get to the place in church when we can do far bigger things in Christ. I want to see more miracles happen here. Amen. Yeah. So all of the people that have raised their hands today that God's been either healing or they've put their hand up because they want to receive Jesus into their life and say yes. Or if it's somebody who just wants to seek God's power in any circumstance in their life, I just want to invite you to come forward. If you want to speak to the person next to you, that's fine as well. But come forward because we have got some testimony cards. And, and with your permission, if, we'd like you to tell us your story. Because if we share that between us, it actually builds up our faith. Yeah, it encourages each other. So please, don't, don't miss out on doing that. We want to hear from you. Because it's only when we act on our amens that we start to discover how certain we are of God's full power. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.